listening to Talkin' Music on KVNF. I'm Ashley Crest. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Peter Rowan and Los Texamaniacs backstage at the Moab Folk Festival a few weeks ago. Their performance was energetic, and you could feel the joy of the accordion player, Josh Baca, watching his facial expressions. Peter Rowan's yodels bounced off the red rock around Moab. I hope you enjoy this interview KVNF was privileged to get. Okay, I'm just going to get everyone in here to introduce themselves. I'm with Liz Texamaniacs. My name is Max Baca, and I am the singer, bajo sexto player of Los Texamaniacs. I'm Chris Rivera. I'm the drummer. I'm Josh Baca, and I'm the accordionist. Hi, I'm Noel Hernandez, and I'm the bass bassist. Nice. Awesome. Well, thanks, you guys, for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Um, you guys have done a lot of collaborative work throughout your career, it seems like. Um, what would you say is the value of collaboration? The value of collaboration is, um, is there's a, I would say, um, you know, collaborating with, like, like some great, Musicians such as Los Lobos and um, Joe Ely, uh, Peter Rowe, and Flaco Jimenez is is um, you know that they're in a high bracket of of, inter, of of a musician you know and to us they're they're the, the people that we idolized you know so to us it's a great value you know it's a, it means a lot and it, it's worth a lot you know because one time Buck Owens told me. Hey, if you wanna if you wanna win a Grammy, hang around with Grammy Award winners, <laughs> you know. So um, it's really a, an honor to be a part, you know, to collaborate with some great musicians. I've had so many blessings in my life to to have uh, recorded to the Rolling Stones. I recorded on the Voodoo Lounge album in '96, and with the Rolling Stones and Flaco Jimenez played accordion. And I never thought in my wildest dreams, you know, that I would ever playing my bajo sexto with the Rolling Stones, you know, but <laughs> so that happened and, and then, you know, I've been blessed, you know, and, and toured with Doug Somm and Freddie Fender and Augie Myers and Flaco Jimenez for 10 years and just met so many fabulous musicians around the world, Taj Mahal, um, you know, like, uh, there's so many, I can't even, you know, yeah. Willie Nelson, uh, Lyle Lovett, you know, is recorded with us and it's been a, it's been a, a great um, Great ride, you know, yeah. great journey. But to answer your question, value. the value mm -hmm. of collaboration is priceless. There's no value. It's just something that's meaningful, something that comes from the heart. And the collaboration is very spiritual because, you know, music brings people together. And, like, I realize through music I've met so many different people. And it's such a beautiful um, spirit to be able to know all these people everywhere. So the value, there's, there's, I value it closer to my heart than I would playing with superstars or Grammys or anything like that. Just being a human and valuing the time, that's what counts for me. So that's my. Yeah, it's a, it's about the experience, and it's when you learn that that uh, even though it's somebody that. W you know, I might have not known and you get to work with them together and then you realize how much you can relate with each other. And it's like, wow, it's, it's mind-blowing. So that's the best part. Awesome. I was thinking about ways in which you hope that your music gets communicated to the listeners and especially when you think about merging traditional and, and contemporary and, uh, you know, how you do that or why that's important to you. You know, we've... we've um We've been um, fortunate to have toured to like China, 
and we've done several tours to China. And, you know, speaking, they don't speak Spanish or English. And we played in, in certain villages and towns that, that was just strictly Chinese, you know. But the, the music itself that we play, um, it's, it's happy music, you know, and it's, it's heartfelt music. And I think that communi that communicates with people, you know, this the, the beat, the the heartbeat of the music and, and the you know our style and, and the happy allegriness of, of of the music. The people just hear that they don't have to know the lyrics, they don't have to understand the language. They just hear it and and that that moves them, that touches them. Mm -hmm. And we can play a happy song, or we can play a a nice beautiful love ballad or something and they can relate you know when we start playing you know and I, I was I was like what are we going to do here you know and, and when we the first time we went to China you know and so we said we'll just do what we do you know and um and right, and right away we started playing and we, I looked at the reaction of the people and they were just like mesmerized and then you could see their foot tapping you know their foot was tapping so I that that was a little communication there you know so um, and so that's uh, music is the international language I think you know and you know even though you know, they don't like I said they don't know the lyrics or understand and sometimes we would even write the songs out send them to them and then they would translate it and then have it on their teleprompters you know on the programs and the, and the beautiful theaters that we played at and stuff so um, but yeah, just uh, you know, the, the music. It just in general, you know, um, there's a, if you're a music lover, you're gonna like Tex Maniacs. <laughs> so the communicative part, it, it's it's a, you know, music allows people to get closer to each other. You know, I I saw this thing. I forgot who it was, but if you could put every person in the world, every race, every animal, living thing in one building and play whatever music every single person in that building no matter who you are what language you speak is listening to the same thing at one time no matter what it is hmm. and that's what brings people i think together hmm. is the music could speak you know music allows people to get closer to each other it is a good barrier breaker you know in our lives just just think of all the people that we know because of music hmm. so it's it's really special and honorable as well to be able to express who we are as Mexican Americans and to show people that there is different genres of music that are the same mm -hmm. and we are just all living right yeah it's a, it's a, it makes us realize that it's a small world but like Max was saying when we went to China I remember doing a sound check and before we went into this building it's it's China right and they said hey guys you know kind of tone tone it down a little bit just be cool you know we're all waiting for a sound check and the and all the entertainers were there in the theater and it was so quiet it was so quiet everybody was doing their thing and most of the most of the performers were uh there was a lot of dancers as mongolian artists uh, musicians some middle eastern as well and it's very you know everything was serious mm -hmm. so then it was our time to do the sound check <coughs> and get it this is only sound check and we did we did a polka. Uh, Josh played a polka, and, and that was our sound check. Well, it was mind blowing how the people reacted. It became a concert. They they roared. At, I mean, we just played like a minute of it, and they tripped. And that's what made me realize of our tradition of how it can affect anybody anywhere in the world. You know, and that was very very special. I will, I'll never I'll never forget that. That was 
That was the coolest yeah. experience. We're, we're all one big, huge community. Yeah. You know, and um, there's different uh, uh, cultures in the community, but through music, it brings people together. Mm-hmm. You know. If you guys weren't performers, what would you do for a profession? I'm Max Baca. Oh God, you know when I when I was a kid, I always for some reason I don't know what I always wanted to be a bull rider. <laughs> Believe it or not, you know that was my I don't know. It was just, it, yeah, I just I, I just liked rodeo, you know. So, but um, yeah. I'm Chris. I'd be a DJ. Nice. I'm a DJ. It's fun being a DJ. I'm I'm Josh Baca. I'd be a stripper. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, if if I wasn't a if I wasn't a musician, uh, probably more than likely I would have been either a a, a bookkeeper or a tax preparer because my grandfather and it ran in my family and it was kind of a family thing. So I would I kind of would have probably ended up being that. Been a football player, or a football player maybe. Um, I'd probably be cooking or or farming, because my father was a farmer, and so I can I can relate to that easy. I can adapt to it easy. So it's a big part of my life. Food and food and farming is important. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Oh, is he coming back? No. Peter. Next question. Okay. Next one's for you, Peter. Okay. Okay. When you look back at your past albums and you sort of check in with that version of yourself as an artist, do you find that you might learn some things from him, from Peter, but from before versus Peter now? He was a lot cooler than I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> no, some, some stuff you just remember because of the emotional experiences around trying to record and... Uh, Back in the days of the 60s, I mean, we were just 24 or 5-year-old kids and we didn't really understand the process or even understand that, you know, we were selling out without even selling out. We didn't know, we, we you know, because we get, the purity of, of the roots music is kind of what was always the reference point, whether it be bluegrass or, you know, blues. I went down to Texas early in the 70s and... Uh, recorded with Flacco. It was David Grisman. Uh, who, mm. I played him the Free Mexican Air Force, and, and, and Grisman said, hey, man, you ought to go down there, record with that guy who was playing with Ry Cooter. So I went to Texas. I was living out by a, a beautiful uh, watering, a spring, really, called the Blue Hole in Wimberley. Oh, I Wimberley. Yeah, and there was no one there. We were living in trailers, and it was the Free Mexican Air Force Camp Audi. And I drove the truck down, and uh, Joe Gracie over at uh, KUT over in Austin, he said uh, I, he, he knew that Flacco was playing at a, a place out on Blanco Road called uh, Irene y Fidel's Cantina. And so I went out there, and it was just like a absolutely just a dancing crowd, just dancing, dancing all night long. And I introduced myself to Flacco, and he uh, he's very formal, you know, he's... You know, we, we played a lot together that night in the parking lot. And uh, and he was like, I mean, because I felt it was like a whole other world, a whole other world of cultural integrity, and how was I going to interact with it? 
see, I was so tired of playing in the rock and roll thing of uh, Sea Train, even though it was extremely positive experience on so many levels. It's just, you know, you want to come back to your roots. And uh, I found that the folks in San Antonio, their whole roots thing was was a was a really a mix of the the first band I saw playing in this little place with no microphones was a snare drum and a trumpet and accordion. And they were playing, you know. It wasn't like, where's the bass? Or, well, we can't play because we don't have the drums. It was just so rootsy, you know. And I walked in, and, and nobody had seen a gringo walk into these places, right? Because this was just after the segregation yeah. thing in the 60s. Yeah. I would walk in, and I'd get all kinds of eyes, and I had long hair. It was way down, you know. And then I would just smile and just be goofy and like a, have fun, you know. But it was a cultural uh, immersion into a different world. And meeting Flacco was kind of the first step of, like, this is how we can kind of maybe join forces. Because I found out his musical tastes were, were, not only did he know all the roots of the Spanish music, but he was into the blues and, and Cajun and, and all the stuff. And he was he was yearning to do something more. And, I mean, I... I would have thought playing with Ry Cooter would have given him a, a much bigger world. But he was, you know, amenable to fly out and play with me and my my little garage band out in California, you know. <laughs> and But, you know, we met, I met a lot of criticism for trying to be... It's like I played in England, and, uh, and uh, they... It, it was great. I was playing solo all over England. That's where I developed my solo sh- performance style because they had the folk clubs. And, and then they said, can you bring Flacco? I said, well, I can try. So we brought Flacco and his band, and then it was like, the gringo's got to go. <laughs> He's not part of the picture. You know what I mean? That became an issue. And, um, and the English are very, you know, the English are the ultimate colonials, Right, they their whole world has been their colony, and some they got a big thing about authenticity. You know, even though there are many little bands in England that play African music, they're all white kids, but you know they there was some kind of attention there amongst the 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 booking agents. You know, because you know how it is in show business. You go, what's the picture here? What are we selling? Mm. We're selling Flacco, mm. not Peter Rowan. Mm. You know, so I I I I felt really awkward. I felt I felt obsolete and 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 uncomfortable, you know. It was Flacco busting out, you know, going to Holland and and Belgium, and England and touring, and he he went to Spain, he went went all over the place. So for me, it was like I was kind of handing off whatever momentum I had. I was handing off, you know, and I just went back to to the bluegrass world, where there's something expected of me in that musical culture, not the stereotype culture but the what Bill Monroe called the ancient tones mm. that is I'm expected to bring out the the inner tones of bluegrass that's what people expect of me and what to be given that award you know like a, a hall of fame award for yeah. having expanded the bluegrass into the world yeah. I never did it for that reason I did it for reasons of musical connections and uh Having been given that award has kind of made me realize, oh, what I've been perceived as doing was something different than I was doing, and I was I was castigated for that. When I recorded with Flacco, the bluegrass 
writers would say, oh, Peter Owen's gone schizophrenic. He's, he doesn't know whether he's a Mexican guy. Or he doesn't know whether he's, you know. It, instead of looking at things just as they are, like writing about the Free Mexican Air Force was a music of, it was, it was about our time. But, you know, I am a neophyte in the world of Tex-Mex music. I am an amateur, and I, I, because I love it. You know, I love it. And, uh, and I, in my own, how do I look at it? In my own soul, I look at it. I was born on the 4th of July. I am a conduit for different rivers of sound in America. I'm a conduit for blues. I'm a conduit for whatever, whatever I come in contact with, whether it's reggae, Caribbean, or this or that. And in the end, you can't do it all. In the end, what's my strong suit? You know, I can go back to that acoustic guitar and uh, hear those ancient tones and try and bring them out more, you know. And then bring that to what we're doing as a, as a, as a group here because we, we have a musical understanding. And culturally, it's just hilarity and a lot of fun. It's a mashup. In the morning, Los Mountains Campesinos are planting their fields. By the ghost of Zapata rides a horse that can still outrun the wheel. I'm free in the sky high above and clear out of sight. It's the free Mexican Air Force flying. In the city of angels, a cowboy is cooling his heels. Remembering that God gave us herbs and the fruits of the field. But a criminal law that makes outlaws of those seeking light. Make the free Mexican Air Force. Mescalito riding his white horse. Yeah, the free Mexican Air Force is flying tonight, flying so high. So high. How strange that an innocent herb causes money to burn. They'll jail you or kill you for making those rich fat cats squirm. They're the fools who make rules with no difference between wrong or right. That's why the free Mexican Air Force is flying tonight. Uncle Sam in his misery put a nix on the fields of Guerrero. Saying shoot down all gringos and wetbacks who dare wear sombreros. Either run for your life, surrender, or stand up and fight. Or join the free Mexican Air Force, Mescalito riding his white horse. Yeah, the free Mexican Air Force is flying tonight, flying so high.
when you're on the road, um, what do you do to take care of yourself? What do you do for, for um, kind of the recharge? Well, I try and keep my prayers and meditation going. Um, uh, I have a Buddhist outlook on the world, which is the world is a creatrix of, uh, you could say, the, the great mother of creatrix. Of, of It's giving to us all the time. And it's, in fact, our life force. And it's existing outside of ourselves, but we can't see it without clearing away from our own minds, our own uh, you know, shadows and obscurations and misconceptions. So I, I work on that, you know, uh, clearing obscurations. And, uh, and, uh, and I feel that music is, is a kind of a giving. I mean, there is an energy there, and everybody feels it when the audience is there because they magnify the creative energy outside of us. And you can get on the wrong side of that. You know, show business can exhaust you with this whole thing of being you're on stage, they're out there. But more and more, it's a oneness. You know, that, that, that the world is moving towards a oneness. You know, and but musicians just happen to be ahead of the politicians. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys? What do you do to take care of yourselves? It's, it's, a, it's a tough thing. It's, it depends. Depends. Sometimes... Um, well, we try to try to eat well, but we don't, you know. <laughs> and then uh, when we wind down, we end up having a drink. So it's not the, you know. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, it's also a mental, a mental discharge, you know, just just relaxing and so forth. But you know, we try to balance that out, you know. And it's like Peter said, you know, like it's it's a spiritual thing also when. When we're connecting with people, and and there's a certain energy that we use up, right? And once once we're done with it, it's like whoa! It's like it it, it, it like we're, we're drained, yeah, you know. It, it and and but it's beautiful, and we do it again, and we do it all over again, you know, yeah, constantly, exactly. and and that's what we're here for. Yeah. So so, uh, I mean, we we try we try to make it good everywhere we go in whatever situation we are. You know, it's just the way it's surviving. Nice. It's like a love affair. Totally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about you? Uh, well, like Noe said, we really don't eat right on the road, but we eat really good. So there's some places that we've we've I've I've had the honor and privilege to go and, and try some like food in in Italy that was just so amazing, you know, and that alone mentally, you know, um, takes care of us filling what other people and, and another another place of time that we don't live they live there we live here how they live and how they eat and how they that makes me that's when cool. i come home it makes me realize like wow that's cool but what makes me take care of myself is we took a trip to china and we went to a, a school of music or no school of music a cultural arts center that was built with no uh, nails there's no nails and it's this big building it's all paste together a lot of timber beautiful and um <clears throat> we went for a walk and they took us around the rice fields and the mountain cliffs and all this stuff and when i went to sit down i sat down there was an old man sitting in the corner and he was smoking out of a pipe a homemade pipe a wooden pipe and i looked over in the valley and i saw nothing but the valley and i was like wow it was amazing it was one of the most beautiful views i've ever seen and i said to myself oh my god i'm dreaming i can't believe this i'm dreaming and our interpreter was with us. The old man asked the interpreter what I said, and the and the old man said something. And she told me, he he said to tell you, where you come from is a dream. Where you're at is reality. Mm. 
So now that really opened up a lot of doors in my brain, in my heart, my soul to say, you know what, I'm here. I'm here now, right now. I'm going to take it for what it is today. And who knows what tomorrow brings, but I'm just going to, I'm here for the ride, you know, because time is only lent to us. Time is lent to us and it's a precious gift. And if you can understand the concept of time and and consideration for others and really put others first before just not caring mm -hmm. that right there could really help with us with being on the road and taking care of ourselves as humans right mm -hmm. because music is a giving mm -hmm. we're always nourished mm -hmm. we always get it back yeah maybe take a few minutes but right, right. <laughs> we get right. it back that's a gift You've been listening to an interview with Peter Rowan and Los Texmaniacs, collected this year on the 20th year of the Moab Folk Festival. For more talking music programming, you can visit our website, kvnf.org. Thanks for tuning in to your mountain-grown community radio, KVNF. Soy puro mexicano, soy de San Luis Potosí.